0: Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to Episode 370. Today we're going to talk about <clears throat> a focus on the tradesmen, the classic architectural trades. Humanity as a species has always been looking forward, whether it's to the horizon, to a new day, a new continent, or even outer space. Our push as a species is forward and of looking at tomorrow we often forget about yesterday. And there is extreme danger here because yesterday got us to where we are today. Yesterday can bring us to tomorrow if we let it. I'm an architectural conservator and historic preservationist. I spend my days working on old buildings, furniture, and clocks. Occasionally building new ones in old ways. I started in southern New Jersey building and designing museum-quality furniture. I've worked for museums doing conservation of period, decorative arts, and clock mechanisms. Much of this has taken place at the National Watch and Clock Museum in Columbia, PA. I then went to Paris to acquire an advanced degree in furniture and wooden objects of art in conservation and restoration at the infamous École Boule in cooperation with the Louvre Museum and the Château de Versailles. I continued my stay in Europe for the next four years, taking short and long apprenticeships in seven different countries in the area of the high beaux arts and architecture. Upon returning stateside, I opened a new company, Perry Conservation Services. I purchased a historic dwelling in Southern New Jersey in order to house my 17th through 18th century decorative arts collection, (coughs) featuring primarily British and French furniture and tall and long case clocks. And this was located in historic Woodstown, New Jersey. I fell passionately in love with the 17th and 18th century architecture, the architecture, the structure. Hence, my direction evolved into focusing on these types of period structures. I began a historic preservation on the structure, assuming that I could find traditional certified craftsmen in the tri-state area, or more locally in the tri-county area. And I tried to find them to help supplement and expedite my endeavor in this preservation while still maintaining my own workload as a preservationist and conservationist. So I was extremely shocked to find not to mention a dearth of any traditional tradesmen in the tri-state area. I began to create a mindset of a program that would train students in an overlay capacity of the trades in historic architectural preservation. This would include transforming a vacant building, possibly a uh, donated one in the the county area into a preservation workshop and classroom. This structure would provide two things, advanced vocational training and a place where local residents in a multi-county area could come for their architectural millwork needs. It would also provide the information, uh, the historical information needed for their homes. Here students in training and once accomplished would be employed to aid and abet the historic needs of our state's deterring, deteriorating uh, historic dwellings. I understand traditional trade skills will always scale down to modern, but someone who is trained in modern carpentry, sheetrock, plumbing, Modern bricklaying can't necessarily do traditional plaster, timber framing, roofing, clabbering. You train a timber framer or plaster, or a traditional painter, they can do modern all day long. These are actually highly, highly marketable skills. The others are a dime a dozen. Since completed, the historic dwelling I have preserved The Shivers House Museum is an example of how period dwellings can be sympathetically, correctly restored and be highly energy efficient. Many people in the uh, historic trades will tell you time and time again that these buildings should be replaced. These buildings cannot be efficient. These buildings have no value. These buildings are falling apart. But these buildings are what brought us to where we are today. It was our stepping stones. These buildings have protected our ancestors through the Mid-Atlantic State's nasty winters and the Southern Colonies' harsh summers and storms. People will tell you these buildings are way too difficult to work on. Not a thing is straight, the plaster is falling, maybe there's lead. But let's put health concerns aside. Old buildings have been around, for hundreds and hundreds of years, particularly the ones that have been well maintained by great custodians. To use the old adage, well, they don't build them like they used to. That's correct. Those old buildings were built so much better than the, uh, than the buildings are building today. I was called by the president of a, of a local college to head a historic preservation program in a historically important southern New Jersey town. I was the only tradesman in the group and quickly realized that the other seven members were simply white-collar pencil pushers that had no idea even what historic preservation was. Historic preservation is all about the tradesman, the educated, the scholarly tradesman, not just dexterously speaking, but also one who understands the historical aspect of what he's working on. So apparently the pool of people who know how to work on old historic buildings is not that big. A few handfuls maybe in the country, really high level, skill level. It's our passion as guardians and custodians to look forward. We all abandon our landline phones in favor of cell phones because cell phones were just more convenient. Well, maybe not everybody, but it takes time to learn a traditional trade you're not just cutting two-by-fours and slapping them together or throwing up some sheet grok. It takes a certain amount of long-term dedication and study. There is nothing more satisfying than, at the end of the day, looking up and seeing something that'll be, or something that you saved that'll be there for the next 200 years or so, that you your hands have touched. You become a part of that building, a piece of the the fabric of that dwelling. Traditional trades are an ancient tradition, and we we have let them slip away considerably. We just didn't create the mason or the carpenters. We can look around the world and see where we've come from if we look hard enough into these old buildings. I venture that we have forgotten more about building things than we even currently know about buildings. Look at what the ancient Egyptians and Romans and Mayans created. This was done in days before cranes, computers, and all these fancy fancy gadgets and, and modern building materials that we have. So we as a species have the hand skill or the potential of hand skill and the potential of knowledge in the world and the United States and here in southern New Jersey. We have the building stock in addition, and we have buildings to work on. So buildings took Much building took off in the 1960s and 70s. Our housing stock doubled in the years between 1970 and 2015. And when you're looking at 123 million housing units, you know 60 million being built in that 50 year period. It's a lot of buildings, a lot of poorly built buildings. It's a lot of production level carpentry. And that creates where we are today. It's that production level carpentry all these plastic, petroleum-based developments of houses that will fall apart in 30, 35 years, which is subpar craftsmanship. Entire subdivisions are being, beginning to fall apart. Good, old, American, cheap and shoddy craftsmanship put together by local Votex, the students from local vote created so that the builders make landfall profits. They use them like prostitutes on street corners. They use these mantras, we need to build 60 more houses, 60 more million houses in less than 50 years. We need to do it cheaper and faster. We need it with vinyl siding, vinyl windows, vinyl porches, vinyl fences, because these things are easier. It's part of the market line economy of America. Cheap, cheap, cheaper. It's part of the production level work. This is the lie of the disposable American society. Our cars are disposable, our phones are disposable, they're made to fail. Our houses have become disposable in the last 30 to 40 years. Now what we don't realize is that we're facing a huge crisis in both housing, environment, and skill gaps. And all these things can be found and discussed in our own buildings. We can see them if we go through the years. The greenest buildings were the ones that were already built. They paid their carbon debt 50 years ago. If you build a building today with the greenest methods known to man, it will still take decades, up to 100 years, for that building to pay off its carbon debt. So why not save the past whose debt has already been paid? Let's retrofit the old buildings, and it will pay for itself in 10 to 15 years the retrofit. Historic buildings were built in a time prior to cooling and heating. We relied on landscape and, and different wind flows and things like that, as I have alluded to in the past, so it's easier to maintain the historic environment. There are thousands of abandoned buildings, historic buildings on the east coast of our country. Some of them are marked for demolition. Some of them are referred to as zombie buildings, neighborhoods, where these buildings are tend to fail because half of your building stock is abandoned. It's full of crime, and it increases in the tendency of people to lose hope when they see houses boarded up right next door. So when I teach historic preservation courses, some of my students are carpenters, contractors, who wanted to learn for many years how to fix and work on, quote, old buildings instead of building new. They all believe it's this great mystery because of antiquity. Uh, And a few were historic homeowners. Some were neighborhood activists who actually believe, with every fiber of their being that if they, they could fix the house next door, that they could teach and instill in their neighbors to help to change the neighborhood. What a great thing. The beginning students learn basics of carpentry, basics of history. Something shifting to me when I saw the enthusiasm in these students. Something changed. I've always been about the old buildings, passionately about the old buildings. So, but suddenly it was about the people now people, old buildings. It's about community building. And suddenly I saw what we could do together. Sure, there are organizations out there for the preservation of trades, creating a network of, say, the Timber Frames Guild, the Slate Roof Contractors, and an Association for the Preservation of a Window Alliance. They all bring you in. They will all teach you. But these organizations are not the answer. The answer is several programs around the country. When I say several, I'm only talking about three or four. You can go and learn these skills. For instance, the American College of the Building Arts, which is a a relatively brand new school, maybe 10, 12, 15 years. It's a four-year program in Charleston, and it arose after Hurricane Hugo. Then they realized they didn't have anyone to fix historic Charleston, so they moved quickly. They made it happen. A few individuals. We don't need another disaster to save historic buildings. They're falling down at such an alarming rate and it's tangled up by all the red tape, by all the historic um, organizations in our state, in our, in our country that don't let us move on things fast just for stabilization. So what we need are people, people with great intentions, People have, who have a hand skill or want to learn a hand skill. People who want to teach. People who want to learn. People who want to create community, a sense of being, a purpose where you live. People who are willing to go into neighborhoods and say, don't tear down that building. Don't tear out that window. Put a tarp on that roof. I can teach you how to fix it. Don't tear anything down. It's been there for 150 years. So I guarantee you that if if you take care of the 150-year-old building, it'll still be there longer than the houses that were built in 1975. I worked on houses that were built in the 70s, that they're already destroyed because they were not built well to begin with. I walk in the houses that were built in 1700, some not even restored, and they're fine. Many of them that have been restored are somewhat taken care of over the years and they're doing well. I'm not saying that the future and the new is always bad, but what I'm saying is that where we came from is as important as where we are going. So let's not forget that. And if in our headlong rush to the future is all we want is that next new gadget for our fingers. If we take a moment and we step back and we can quiet our minds. This can change us. This can change the world. If we bring this message into places where there are buildings and people who need jobs, and if we abandon the concept that working with our hands is somewhat less than getting a four-year college degree or a master's, we can change the world, and we can start that today, here in 2021. Happy New Year. Greg Perry, the historic preservationist, signing up.